0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cinema Span. Uh, today we are covering American Gangster, directed by Ridley Scott, yep. and Great Debaters, uh, directed by Denzel Washington. With me today, I've got
1: Jay uh, from The Loft again. Yep, and matter of fact, we're in The Loft. We got Tiny in the cut right here. Got Coda over here off camera. I'm sure she's going to be making some noise potentially. That Louis is going to be stressfully editing fairly soon.
0: It'll totally be no worries. We we, we have the we have the levels set.
1: The levels have been set. But nice to see you all again. Of course, like Louis said, we're going to be getting into two meaty movies.
0: Yes, it's a Denzel Washington double uh, yeah, today. Double
1: feature, dude. Denzel yeah. was going hard in both of these. Both the Great Debaters and um, American Gangster. Flawless, but I, I assume we'll be starting off with American Gangster.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, American Gangster is uh, basically about Frank Lucas, who was a uh, a, a real like crime figure, a um, real life, uh,
1: a real life Godfather, yeah. Black Godfather, absolutely. Yeah,
0: came after like the Italian mob, and, uh, and basically, but uh, he was able to stir up. Uh, basically the whole game and, and this movie is just documenting that time.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's also around the Vietnam War so there's a lot of political forces at play right. And it, it's one of the better parts of the film is that I think like really Scott knows how to lay out like what's politically happening with kind of the, the personal drama uh, of, of what's going on with Frank as well. Yeah,
1: that's a big thing that I actually wanted to talk about was it's uh, not only the pacing in the writing but the pacing in the cinematography that builds your level of understanding of the world. Like, if you had no context of what the 70s or or the, uh, yeah, the late 70s, uh, early 80s Mm -hmm. be like, you had no context, watching this movie would provide a decent amount of context to the events going on. Um, So if you look at the film, you'll notice in the background that the Vietnam War is constantly playing throughout the news, going throughout the different stages. Um, And it plays perfectly along with the rise and fall of Frank Lucas's empire. Um, And I think that juxtaposition, I mean, that juxtaposition alone makes the film very compelling because you could see exactly where things are going. But Frank Lucas himself refuses to see the end of his road. Absolutely. And he's seizing like a a,
0: a moment, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why he's able to like even gain power at all. Uh, is because he's exploiting this brief window in time where the military is corrupt enough to like be sending out drugs like yeah. you know back to America, uh, you know it, it's it's just like uh, the administration change like ha- happening mm-hmm. around this time. Um, it, it, it's all really great, and and you're right. The the cinematography is really great too because uh, Ridley Scott will constantly show like on an analog tube top tv that was appropriate for the time but he'll show footage Mm -hmm. uh, a real life footage that you've probably seen from the vietnam war um and like different politicians speaking around that time and and all of that grounds everything else around it really well too right it's it's definitely an expensive movie because there are some really great sets really great costumes throughout too um yeah i mean you're right it's just like Every piece of it is just is, is uh, executed to the fullest extent yeah it's
1: beautiful I mean even talking about the the set design like the costume design and stuff bro all the fucking the pimps and the drug dealers yep. I mean that's what I loved about Frank Luke's character was his number one thing was you can't be too loud because that makes you the weakest one right and just you're stay the quiet you're the first person that someone's gonna go. You see, I mean, I I'll, I'll just say this for the context of the movie, but you see a nigga and then you <laughs> see him wearing very nice things Yep. in that time. You're, you're one of two things, a drug dealer or a pimp. Most of the time outside of the successful businessmen that existed in Harlem during like the black wall street Renaissance, uh, a lot of, unfortunately a lot of the profits made in that area were primarily from drug trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course that, is another thing that I noticed about the movie and about that period in time was that this was allowed to happen. Like, this was this was not something exactly. that people in higher positions of the government or the law didn't know about, but the problem was, was that it was making certain people money personally. And they, they were in on it. And they could profit off of it, which when I seen Richard Nixon in the film giving his speech uh, about the war on drugs, um, it kind of made me chuckle because you can critically wound a community uh, by making a few people wildly rich and you give them the keys to destroy their own community. Oh, yeah. Every 10 times out of 10, they're going to do it, whether they're self-aware or not. It doesn't matter. And,
0: and, you know, there's differences like crack, cocaine, cocaine, you know, being crack being different than cocaine, mm-hmm. right? As far as like mm-hmm. the, the the drugs that are scheduled, right? And, like what they were putting into like communities at at different points, like mm-hmm. it, it was all specifically targeted. Like <laughs> you are right, it's so fucked. Yeah, and um, I mean, it's it's those the three. I think that at the end they say like it's seventy five percent of the narcotics yeah. police force. Un
1: fucking believable, it. bro.
2: Um,
0: but it makes sense because like at a certain point. You know, if if you weren't in on it, you weren't taking bribes. Yeah, like you're a leper. No you are a leopard. No one to
1: be around you. Yeah, right. Um,
0: so it, it it tracks that like it could get that bad. I and also, like I think we still have a lot of that corruption in today's police forces too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, it's why like it can be so tough to to make a change in, in the within those you know forces.
1: Hmm. Um. And on that note, I actually did write a specific thought on it. I was thinking the delivery of the drug crisis is super accurate and ironic, considering Nixon was making drug empires while weakening the back black community. Effectively, what I was just saying beforehand, just a moment ago. Mm-hmm. But the irony is that, like Frank Lucas himself, I, I can't say for certain that he was not like aware uh, that he was destroying his own community. But you, there's specific scenes where he's wa- he's watching his own streets and, like, a little goatee and a fake afro. Yep. And, like, everyone's all fucking tweaked out. Everyone's all strung out and shit. <laughs> like, like, everybody. That's that's the beauty of this is that, like, they don't
0: let him off the hook. Mm-hmm. Like, they consistently keep that in frame. Like, there, there's, a, there's a, I think, a Thanksgiving or a, a Christmas, like, montage, um, and it shows, like, Frank at home with his family. Yeah. And then the montage ends with, like, a bunch of people overdosing and like babies crying and stuff. And it's like, this is the real weight of like what he is doing. You know, Mm. even if he looks cool and composed, that's, that's not like what, what is, you know, really going going on. on, Yeah. That's just the surface. And, and yeah, it's, it's awesome too, because like, yeah, he does keep the, he he does keep a low profile for most of the film, but um, like the one time he kind of, Goes out in a fur coat to like the Muhammad Ali fight. He knew fight. he shouldn't. He knew, he, knew should. he shouldn't have. But it was but like a fifty yeah, thousand dollar fur coat that yeah. his wife Ava buys for him, and like he, he, it's like it's he just you see it. He's like, all right, screw it. Like yeah. this one time, I'm gonna go in. But and it's, uh,
1: that for, it's for a it's what does him in for a moment there. When I was watching that scene, I was like. Oh, she's like saying, "I'm like, look under the the coat. I'm the gift." So I was like, oh, "Okay," I was like, all right. But so," <laughs> but then I was like, "Oh shit!" She's like, "It looks nice, right?" While covering herself, and I was like, "Oh no!" I was like, "This is it, dude." Yep, I was like, "You don't, you don't want to be the loudest in the room because then you were the weakest," and that's it. And but it but, but it.
0: that that's that's a beautiful like structural piece of of screenwriting, right? Mm-hmm. Like he lays out his own rules mm-hmm. and then Who breaks it, the it breaks right? End. Like right. that's yeah.
1: I mean, that's kind of the, the dismantling of the empire itself is these rules are broken again and again and again, uh, whether it be with the cousin who shot the detect corrupt detective mm-hmm. came to the event or the brother who, when they got pulled over by NYPD or the special units with Trooper, yeah. he's like, it's in the car. And he goes, it's fine, man. And then proceeds to slam s- his s- head s- against s- window s- and s- <laughs> fucking whoop his ass, bro. Frank Lucas is a quiet storm. There's scenes in that where I was just like, I, my mouth was just ajar. And I was like, is he, is he going to stop?
0: Well, I mean, the film starts with Frank. It, there, there's no context at all. It mm. just opens with Frank Lucas in front of a guy. And then he lights him on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And then he pulls a gun out and shoots him <laughs> like three <laughs> times in the head. Like, <laughs> it's, it's an incredible oh, God. Uh, opening image. But yeah. like, yeah, he is a brutal ass guy.
1: Yeah, he's real deal, dude.
0: Um, yeah, and like you know, so so pretty quickly the the whole the movie does chart like most of his rise because, um, basically he's the driver for uh, for Buddy Johnson, Bumpy Bum- Johnson, yeah, Bumpy, yeah. uh, who was like the old mob boss of this
1: area. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about him too because he uh, okay, this is funny as fuck, but at first I thought it was Ray Liotta. In blackface, I swear to God. Why, why, why would that be the story, dude? What do you mean, dude? It was early 2000s. I was like, I was looking for a second. I was like, is that really Yoda? Because he's—they made his character like obviously African American, <laughs> but like. They made him they made him talk like it's, this, and he was like, I can't find the heart in anything. It's you can't find it, way it, to stab it's it. It's
0: still not acceptable in 07, I think, to do blackface. Dude, like, I think, when I think did fucking when point. did
1: Tropic Thunder come out with Robert Downey Jr. doing 08, a...
0: oh eight, but that's a different yeah, it's, that, a, that's it's, a parody it's Super meta. People. Yeah. Like it's 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 deconstructed within the text I, of it. I, it's like it's So sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Like like theirs is also like they, they tell you it's bad yeah. in the text of it. I mean to You're be frank laughing at it it's not um i would used be in a way.
1: i'd be super cool with Ray Liotta if that was actually Ray Liotta
0: <laughs> I, I mean if someone was going to pull it off it would be him you, it, this it, okay fair enough it'd just be Ray Liotta in a, in a, in a Ridley Scott movie from the thousands. <laughs> and every, and like he just slipped it in like everyone was like wait did that just happen <laughs> yeah. because like he, but then he has a, an extensive cast of other people in the movie too yeah. so you're like oh that's fine I guess like you know
1: Ray, like Denzel is cool with it right that's all they needed to <laughs> green light it was like <laughs> They go, to, hey, hey, Denzel, right? So we were thinking for for Bumpy Johnson. Uh, we want to get Ray Liotta. Okay, I know he wasn't Ray Liotta's not black, right? But, but good fellows thing, <laughs> dude. We can make him look that way. Everyone in this movie looks weird. And speaking of that, is what what was up with black people having straight hair and shit like fucking <laughs> pompadours? <laughs> I seen bro with the Uncle Charlie. He has the mustache and he yep. has a like a perm and, or a straightened perm, and I was like. Bro, what in the actual fuck.
0: It's definitely a case of every person needing to have like a distinct style where you're like, yeah, you know, they all might just be rocking the same haircut. Uh, yeah. You know, like, Yeah. I can kind of see that. Um Yeah, I, I was gonna say that there's there's something that's set up in the beginning that's that's really good uh with, with Bumpy Johnson where he's Bumpy's basically like the old school way of of uh you know how things were being ran, mm. and he's lamenting about the loss of the middleman. He's like, all these guys going straight yeah, to the supplier. He, he goes,
1: well, "What? What happened to competition? It's supposed to be fair. Now you just cut out the middleman, and nothing matters anymore. What about him?" And I, he also but he led into the uh, yeah. the allude the he alluded to how everything lost its its heart. You can no longer right. find the source of what things are. While he was in a. Super fucking discount store. Straight up. His, and, and then he works. dies in there. Like it's <laughs> yeah. like like he's just a, he's super. A, he
0: literally dies because he. It seems like he, he loses his will to like keep living. Yeah, the whole like time he's like he's like consumerism has gotten me. Yeah, the whole time
1: oh. uh, Denzel is like, Yo, man, you good? And he's like, Yeah, my, <laughs> but my hot it <laughs> starts going oh <laughs> you're like dude
0: dog's it's having it's a, a, it's a d- very movie. Dog down. is
1: having the calmest heart attack I've ever seen.
0: That's it. Don't even call me an ambulance. Yeah.
1: I'm done. Hey, I'm done. Consumerism <laughs> got me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Kmart got me, man.
1: Fuck. Yeah, he was but, I think he was sixty uh sixty-two or sixty-six but, years but old. But like
0: that that first scene sets everything up that mm-hmm. you need here where it's like Okay, Denzel was like this guy's right hand man, um, and and he was listening to him, right? Like the, the two things that he does is cut out the middleman, and you know go straight to the source mm-hmm. because everything he knows is being cut, you know. And and that's what allows him to sell, as they say in the movie, his stuff for twice as uh, cheap, cheap as everyone else, but, but it has cheap, twi- twice it's as twice as potent, yep. you know. Um, because he's cutting it himself now.
1: Well, it's when they, like when they, uh, when Russell Crowe's character, Detective Richie, when he managed to get, uh, what, what, oh, he managed to get a sample of the blue magic. Yep. And the chemist was like, he's like, usually the shit on the street, 5, 10, 20%, it shows like it's this putrid brown type from the acid test. You know. He goes to the other thing, he's like, This is a shit for the white people who are scared to shoot it in the fucking nice neighborhoods. This is some crazy shit, (laughs) which shout out to Pulp Fiction, because it was the same in the scene when uh, John Travolta went over, except it was heroin, I believe. Oh, yeah. And he was like, this isn't that N-word shit. This is the shit that white people get. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God. So black people really couldn't have shit. We couldn't even have nice drugs, man, until Frank Lucas.
0: Frank Lucas, man. Man of the
1: people. Hey, cut out the middleman, dude. Straight to the source, which that was, I mean, as much as it's uh, a big negative, the drug crisis at that time was not a joke, and opiates are still like a very big problem today, yeah, just in a different form. Um,
0: well, I mean, that's that's the thing is like this is the chart. I I believe this is like the start of like you know, it starts with U.S. soldiers
2: in Vietnam, Vietnam yeah, in
0: Vietnam. I feel like uh, as far as like really big numbers of people doing yeah, that. And yeah, yeah, then it comes back. And so you're, you're right. I mean, this is kind of the root of a lot of that too, which is what's scary because you're like, oh, yeah, this didn't have to be a problem potentially. The, yeah, like- it's
1: scaled in size due to a failed like propaganda act by, by Nixon. The war on drugs was like the biggest failure because all it was was to make money. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually you can't. It's like what Frank Lucas said at the end of the movie you take me off these streets you think anything's going to change no and it hasn't and that's evident today and in fact it's just become less american and now we rely on other countries to out insource our our drugs yeah e.g. mexico china so on and so forth obviously that's how it was I, before I mean, but in a different capacity
0: it it is crazy though cuz like you know they they definitely don't paint the importing of these drugs as an easy thing to pull off, mm. right? I mean, the only reason they're able to fly it in is because like w- without it being checked is because they're using military planes, right. you know, that have different clearances. Like, Did they ever? It, it would be. I, I'm sure they're they're like. I, I'm just wondering. I'm like people that do like send stuff into the country. Like it's got to be a crazy ass operation.
1: Yeah, a thousand um, percent. I mean, even even today in the military. It's a lot of, um, like, um, Mexican gangs that go into the military in order to go to the Middle East and act as these kind of couriers of sorts. Oh, I see. So there's, like, people in the Middle East who bang, like, MS-13 and shit. Which is, like, what? (laughs) What the fuck is that? That's insane. These guys ride camels, and they're on some fucking MS—they're representing a gang that's, like— 5,000, 6,000 miles away, or it's international at that point. That makes sense, though, because, yeah. Like that's that's exactly what the mob boss is saying to Frank Lucas. Why not be international if there's no middleman, right? Yeah. It's it's very, it's, it the levels of almost conspiracy that went into that whole era or whole scenarios kind of just, we could sit and talk about that, honestly, all day, probably.
0: No, truly. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy, the ramifications of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so Russell Crowe is kind of playing the detective in this. That's uh, Detective Richie. bringing everything down, you know. He's also uh, training to become a lawyer, like, or, you know, studying Take and taking bar, the bar and yeah, all that. Yeah. Training, though. Go to- <laughs> I got
2: to go to night school.
1: I got to lift these books. Well, it looks like you're not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I love that shit.
0: Ugh. Um. Yeah. There, there's a really good cast of, of uh, like actors in this. I mean, like Idris Elba is even playing like a small part. Bro.
1: Ti. Ti. Common. Yep. Um. It's not. I want to call him John Boy Boyega, Boyega, but he's not. It's the brother.
0: Oh, uh, Chitwell. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, th- yeah. He he rules. He's
1: amazing. I love his acting. Yeah. Um. Cuba Gooding Jr. Is
0: in here. Um. Who played. Josh Brolin is like the 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 cool detective. Mm-hmm. The, the what? Tru- Troppo. Yeah, true, The Just a classic. Why does Josh shit.
1: Brolin just play classic p- pieces of shit super well? Dude, he, I feel like he does that a lot. He's <laughs> incredible.
0: Although I think he, because um, he's also in No Country for Old Men mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. and in that movie he's the protagonist, right. um, and and I think he's got a lot more empathy to him and that but i mean dude, well, that's he, what i was gonna say classic curmudgeon i feel right? like, like yeah he looks pissed off yeah you know
1: drinks black coffee smells like cigarettes hella bad yeah hey you think about coming over that bridge you call me you make sure it's safe you see a fucking broadway show you call me first you understand <laughs>
0: It's it's honestly why they they cast him as Thanos, I think. They're like, (laughs) we need to get a mob boss in here to like show these superheroes like what's actually fucking like what a real criminal, what a real supervillain's like. Can
1: you imagine Marlo Mar what was his name? Marlo Brando Marlon Brando as fucking (laughs) Thanos. (laughs) Yes. You come to me on the day of the Infinity Stones Gathering. You ask me for a fucking favor. Thanos snaps. Snaps, dude. Oh, my God. Right on him. Uh, it'd be great if they, like, green screened the, like, his, his like, underbite. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: They, they, no, they green screen the cotton balls in his mouth. Yeah. yeah. See him That's so now. good.
1: So fucking good. Um, dude, he, would,
0: he would fuck with, with the
1: MCU, actually. He would fuck with the theater of it, I think. You know that he didn't, like, actually learn any of his lines ever. Straight up, yeah, dude. Actually, he would
0: really fuck with a new Hollywood model, like you know Johnny Depp, like on the last like Pirates film. Yeah, like he would show up drunk on set, allegedly, (laughs) uh, and then like he would he would have like an earpiece in in in, and they would just feed him lines. Really, he would just say them. Like that, you're right because he wouldn't learn them. That's fucking awesome. Um, That's beautiful. And Marlon Brando, you know, he had to do it analog. Like he they he would. He had someone tape lines on their body <laughs> oh, yeah. in, a, in, in a shot in The Godfather. Holy like, you, you only see the dude's back, and then Marlon is, like, reading He like, the He's, like, 25% crying.
1: in the frame, and then yeah. Marlon Brando's over right there. <laughs> it's so funny. That's so fucked up, yeah. man. But, hey, I, I honestly, like, as much as that would be a nightmare to work with as a writer, like, you have no idea. I'd probably start pulling out my hair. I'd be like, dude, just fucking read it. It's dude, not that hard.
0: If he bring if he brings the juice. dude. Yeah. If you, you come know? in
1: there and you don't recite any of the lines correct, but you came up with something way better, I'll, I'll go. All right. <laughs> that's like, it. I'm rewriting the rest of the movie. Yeah, I'm just this, gonna man. write <laughs> along what you say. Okay. Oh man, So good
0: shit. Just thank dude. him for showing up. All right, <laughs> hey, thanks. So you're glad to have you. You're here. done for today, man. Go ahead. You're a legend. Just get out of here. Take it easy. Robin <laughs> Brando should should uh, should do long for me improv. You know, like down at UCB or something. That would be
1: that would be pretty sick. I could see him being hella sweaty and doing like a long, like a long-winded one, kind of like telespaced out. Like like a five-minute monologue. (laughs) Like like about like like
0: uh screwdrivers (laughs) or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like but the audience is captivated.
1: A lot of people think of screwdriver's too. Me. (laughs) I think it's a weapon of war. There's
0: like, there's like eight other improvisers behind him, but they're all too terrified to come in. Yeah. <laughs> he, he usually is, just like waves someone on he when sets, he wants someone. He sets the
1: tone and it's fucking that's that, dude. <laughs> no one can come up after that guy. It's true. Truly. Um, okay. So another thing I actually wanted to touch on since we were talking about the diverse and interesting cast. Yep. Yeah. Um, T.I.'s character wanted to. T.I.'s character apparently could throw a 95 mile per hour fastball. I don't know. They, they didn't give any context to whether he played college ball or anything, but Frank Lucas said, Oh, yeah? Cool. I'll have you meet up with the Yankees. Dude. Dude, dude, dude proceeds to go. <laughs> he proceeds to go, man, I don't. T.I. literally, his acting range is TI, TI. Yep. There's no like. Outside of the character of Ti that he plays, and he goes, "Man, I don't even want to play ball no more, Uncle Frank. I want to be like you, man." And that's yeah. when I was like, "Dude, I was like, oh, here's I, the foreshadowing. I, I God yeah. damn it!" Ti doesn't
0: exactly sell it that well, but you dude, know. he
1: sounds like he's from 2005 Atlanta. Like <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sound like
0: he's exactly. from. It doesn't sound like he's from North Carolina in
1: like 1970, 1980, which is okay. It's not that. Uh, it's not that I really expected anything out of him. I think why a lot of directors like him uh, was, well, not like him, but use him was cause a, it was really popular to use. Oh yeah. wanted Like rappers who were aspiring to be actors. Dude, yeah, R- Rizzo's in this too. That's why common was in a, uh, a lot of fucking early two thousands movies. A lot of like, um, dude, it was a moment black movies and shit like that. But,
0: but also like, you know, this does what, you know, Norbit wasn't able to do it well. Right. Like Norbit had a great cast of, of like black, talent you know Mm -hmm. and like didn't utilize it at all and like these these are all like names you know Mm -hmm. you know but like everyone like kind of nails their little their little moment pretty well right and and like there are a lot of uh you know good memorable performances in this too
1: no thousand percent and that's what i was going to say about why um using raw charisma and like an idea of a, a person who already plays a character in real life is a really good actor to use in certain uh, positions or certain characters. Uh Because, like I said, you would think it sounds like a bad thing when I said, oh, T.I. just came in this bitch acting like T.I. But really, it's like you like – that's why you like it, right? Right, That's why you're like, dude, (laughs) good old T.I., dude, right?
0: And honestly, man, like uh, Ridley Scott – like he just had this movie, The Last Duel, come out like last year, mm. and uh, it's got Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, um, it, like in like Ben Affleck plays like like he kind of throws out the the uh, the it's, like, an old movie, like, a 17th century thing. Oh ah, gotcha. And, like, he th- he kind of throws that away a little bit and just kind of acts kind of modern <laughs> yeah. in some parts, and it's really funny when he does it, yeah, you know, because, yeah. like, the rest of it is pretty period-accurate, but, like, his shit just is, is a little uh, campy and a little hammy in a fun mm. way. And it's, like, you're right. Like, you can do it, you know? Like, also, it, it's a fucking movie. Like, this is based on true events. Like, we know this is not how it actually. Yeah, ended. it's not a documentary. You know? It's a...
1: A biopic film, I yeah. suppose you could say, pretty much.
0: I mean, le, I, even less, of a, a less than that. But, yeah, just, mm-hmm. like, inspired by it. You know, it's just more about the moment. Like, there, there's some artistic liberties taken with the story and you know, the timeline of things, let's say, right? Right. But it draws this really interesting parallel that mm-hmm. makes you think about the different forces at play, right? Right. Um, like, I don't think the, the Richie Roberts character, like, he... I don't think he was actually, like, divorced or, or anything like that. Yeah, they just had to give um, him
1: the standard Newark police or Jersey police background. Like, of course. I'm fucking hella strippers and informants and shit. And my and, wife hates and me.
0: And I really like his stuff, but also, like, I would, I, I don't know if I needed the... the, the I, I, I guess it, it, it paints him as more empathetic, but um, I don't mm. know if you need all the... the It gives him his... bad dad stuff. Yeah, it it
1: just gives him his necessary character growth because the character started conflicted. And he's... And he's like... He has a troubled past. Yeah, and when they're in the courtroom and he goes, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't take the money. And she goes, you think that it's about the money. It's not. Whether you took the money or not is not the point. The point is you should have been honest. And me being honest, you should have taken the money. Because everyone, that's where she's a little, like, she, you could tell that her character is very rooted in the fact that he lies versus, like, what he thinks to be the issue. Right. And that's what's very fascinating about, uh, honestly, about, I think, about relationships is that you could have such a large misunderstanding of someone else's perception of you. It affects the way that you go about things, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so pretty much what I wanted to get across was in the first court scene, he's talking to his lawyer or representation, and he goes, she goes, you don't even really care. You just want her to suffer. You don't ever want her to win, right? Right, right. And he, he doesn't answer that, and then he goes to fuck her upstairs on the second floor. Um, but that's, I think, why it was, I wouldn't say necessary, but I think that it was well, it was within well taste because he got that character growth alongside is real, uh, outside of the character that he thinks that he is, right, which is a, I'm a good cop, right, but being a good cop entails well, being a good person. Yeah, as well. it,
0: it, and you're right. It also sets him on the story, like like he needs uh, redemption, right, because he he does have a troubled past, and so that that's why he's working so hard at at this one case, right. Um, so, you know, it's a it's a pretty like open and standard like. Story, you know, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, I I really love Russell Crowe. I think yeah, Russell
1: like, Crowe. I forgot how much I liked Russell Crowe until I seen that shit yesterday. Er, yeah, last night when I rewatched it, I was like, dude, he's fucking crazy. You kinda, guys got good ass range on him. Right. kind of
0: see him in this pocket in the Nice Guys, um, which is a Shane Black movie where where he's playing a detective. Him and Ryan Gosling. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. okay. For some reason, I always whenever I think about that movie, I thought it was a. Um, big Lebowski guy. Uh oh, the Cohen brothers or do you mean Jeff Bridges? The uh fuck. Who is it? He's like a bigger fellow that always plays in like modern. Oh movies. John Goodman? Yeah, John Goodman. Gotcha. I don't know why I thought Russell Crowe was John Goodman. Like in my mind, I think back on it well, I just I, see John Goodman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, late era or recent Russell Crowe is definitely a bigger guy. <laughs> yeah! <laughs>
1: I don't know
2: why. Um, but but fuck. You know, yeah.
0: he he's really funny in the nice guys. Yeah, I mean it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's more of pretty a much on this type of character. That's what like, I was about to
1: say. It's pretty much he's yeah. playing the same characters in a different but, like but scenario. But ju- well, just
0: the the absurd version of this. Yeah, right? exactly. The, yeah, the, the 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 very sad and pathetic version of this guy. Like,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I one of my favorite scenes was. Uh, he goes. Oh yeah. In life, you're either. In this life, you're either somebody or you're nobody. And he goes, Oh, hold on. Gets up, everyone's like, What the fuck's going on? I was like, What the fuck's going on? And he sees uh It's a
0: Frank Lucas that that's yeah, doing this. yeah, Frank yeah. Lucas and he sees he, Elba's character. He's just gotten like a ba- basically like a bunch of his uh family. of his family yeah, members that yeah. he's trying to bring into the game. Yeah, and like, in the it, diner in that he always him. goes
1: to. Yeah. He brings the jar and he goes up to Idris Elba and he goes, Twenty percent he goes, oh, really? This is how we're going to do it, huh, Frank? Really? He goes, well, you owe me my money, man. He goes, you ain't getting sh. Dude, before he even finishes, Denzel Washington pulls out the gun. He goes, oh, what are you about to do, Frank? Shoot me in front of all these people. Doesn't even get to finish what he's saying there. Fucking no hesitation. Denzel fucking ices his Caps ass. Them, bro. Yeah, ices his ass right fucking there. Puts the tip jar right besides his head. He goes, and that's 20%, motherfucker then goes back into the diner and goes. Now, what was I saying, bro? Oh my God, that yeah. was hard. It's, that was like the it's, coldest it's scene.
0: Definitely one of the moments where like Denzel first demonstrates like I'm the new boss in town because mm-hmm. like yeah, Idris Elba was like pushing back against him at the funeral. Yeah, early as soon on. as the guy died, and then um yeah, he's also like he he basically is trying to like reclaim territory right, in, yeah. in, in the power scram- scramble here. Mm-hmm. um but it, it, it rules. I mean, yeah. Well, it's thing it's that also great now because, like, Idris Elba, like, wasn't a big actor at this time. Yeah. He he was, like, you know, a, like get in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was cooking. Yeah. Uh, but, like, now you see it. And, and like, I mean, the, the, the death is just so shocking because it feels like a disposal of a character that, like, you thought was going to be, like, a bigger conflict or something. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, perfect demonstration of power. Yeah,
1: it was fucking beautiful. Especially what's crazy about it is, is that. Nobody's saying shit. Nobody's saying shit. That's why he he could do it. He can do that. Anybody oh, yeah. in Harlem will can be killed by Frank Lucas and no one would do anything. Or uh-huh. tell anybody. And that's like the thing about community based power.
2: Oh yeah. That's it's straight pretty, it's, it's pretty
1: compelling. He
0: he's he's built a network of uh of people that, you know, yeah. Are on his side for better or worse, you know. Mm hmm. I mean it's it's interesting cuz it's like it's that same network that leads to his downfall, you know? Um because he starts letting like the Italian mob into the network and then suddenly like the cops that were like dirty with the with the mobsters like mm. come and follow him and so it's like it worked when his fam- when he knew everyone in his family, but he he scaled up too big and you know, started relying on some people he shouldn't have, you know.
1: Well, yeah, I mean Especially when he was the one selling kilos to the Italians. That's when shit got spicy. Yeah. Because the, uh, I forget what crime family syndicate the character was from, but it was the one that he was meeting with to discuss these business deals pretty much. And he was claiming himself to be a renaissance man uh, in the context of, oh, I'm going to let a, f- a Negro ha- be the boss pretty much. Right. Right. Which he was bold face lying, because I'm pretty sure all those Italian crime families lined up to snitch on him in the end of the film.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely is painted that way, right? Like, who did he piss off that was turning on him? Because they on, the, they get some members of, like, his family, you know, like, on, on record, but that's just because they, like, um, they, like one of his cousins, like... Uh, He's is found sh- almost, you know, it, uh, for, he's charged for attempted murder, yeah, right? He and they're fucking like shot
1: yeah. at his fucking crackhead girlfriend,
0: exactly. So they're like, "We're a wire, and you know, we won't convict you, right?" Yeah. Um, but like, other than that, like, no one in Frank's family was going to snitch on him, yeah. And it, so it had to be from like the outside forces. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we, we, mit- we, we, we skipped it, but there's an, a scene early on where Richie. Um, that Detective Richie, you know, played by Russell Crowe, um, finds a carload of a, a million dollars. Unmarked. Unmarked bills, um, and him and his partner, um, and they're basically conflicted. Like, do we turn this in or do we not? Because mm-hmm. we know that we know if we turn this in, we're going to be seen as goody-two-shoes, and uh, no one's ever going to want to work with us again in the department. Right. Right. And, and, yeah, but if they leave it, you know, it's a million bucks, like... I mean, let me ask you, what would you do? What would I do? I mean, dude, it's, I mean, okay. It's tough. I mean, theoretically, you, you got the million dollars in front of you, and you can just go, right? Like, I... I, Like, like why not? But also, it feels like the classic, like, there has to be a karmic force, like, to come back at you for it, right? So, like I, if it's a if this is a true no strings attached situation, why wouldn't you especially if you knew like that money wasn't going to be used by the government in any effective way? Right, yeah. Cuz like
1: it's outside the circulation.
0: It just goes back into the you know, I it like whatever. Like either someone right. someone takes the money, someone else takes the money, you know, that shouldn't get it, but you know, they I mean, decide to, but
1: yeah. My thing on it is like I'd like to view myself as a fairly moral person. I wouldn't hurt anybody, or I typically—I mean, I don't steal. Right. I would steal from like a company for shit show, but I'm too old for that now. But obviously, when you look at the the moral confines that the character holds himself to, it's like he wants to prove he's good so bad that he's willing to throw away a million dollars. Me. I don't need to prove to anyone that I'm good. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Who that the fuck deep, do I need to prove deep, to anyone that true. I'm good? The only person that you should really need to prove that to is someone that you share your life with or yourself. And if you yourself don't feel that you're good, then that maybe that's that's fine. But yeah. at the end of the day, don't... I, I think Mr. Ritchie is a great person for the choices he made, and he shows conviction, which is what I can respect. But I think he also fell victim to the fact that three-quarters of the New York Police Department was corrupt, he wanted to be an outlier so bad yeah. to prove he is so good that he really missed an opportunity that could have changed his not only his life but his family's life.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's theoretically the best bribe in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Someone says, here's a million dollars, and just walk away. You know? Yeah. And, 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 like, this probably... Didn't happen to him, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, but they're demonstrating like this dude is not gonna break. Yeah. You know, doesn't matter who tries to bribe him, uh, doesn't matter what dirty cops he runs into, mm-hmm. he's gonna find a way to push back.
2: Yep.
1: And I, I mean, again, I respect the conviction, just not the just not the choices I would have made per se. But at least I think that's the when you ask yourself these questions, that's the importance of knowing is uh, not only a measure of self-awareness but a measure of like truthfulness to yourself. That's what's important, I suppose. <laughs> dude, Coda loves being on set today, dude Just to do that. Sweet little thing. <laughs> th- yeah, that's like dude. That. <laughs> I mean I,
0: I w- truly like through so much of this, I was so impressed by like how beautiful the, the street shots looked. Mm-hmm. They clearly shot this on film. Um, because it's got like a really great film grain, yeah. Um, on, on top
1: of all of it, there's a couple scenes with the George Washington Bridge in it, and it looks fucking crazy. Like even <laughs> uh, they did like an early morning. It was either had to be really early in the morning or like five or six p.m. Like right when the sun right. is setting, because there's just like a cotton, almost a amberish cotton candy sky, and then the yep. buildings, and then yep. the yep. George Washington Bridge, and it's. Saw yep. the shot and I'm like, oh man, that's fucking wonderful. That,
0: yeah, there's 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 such like cinematic movement to to all, um, it, it, cinematic movement and speed to mm. all of the shots too. Like, I mean, they're they're all beautiful and like you could linger there, but like it feels like they just move. Um, but yeah, it, it's insane. They must have done so much set decoration on some of those exterior buildings. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, because like this is like. It, it, this is in the era where, like, you can do a couple of the, you know, like, replace the skyline behind you and stuff like that with mm-hmm. digital effects. But, like, they weren't relying on that type of stuff yeah, too no much. Yeah, no um, CGI shit. Yeah, th- this is yet. still, like, a bit in the, the yeah, era of doing it practical if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say um, there's a scene where uh, Richie goes to save his partner. Um, basically, his partner calls him in, and it's mm. like, "Oh, dude, mm-hmm. I fucked up. I fucked up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I shot a guy. Like, I you know, there's a there's a bunch of people outside. I need you to help me." Um, and, and Richie shows up. He, he's not able to get any backup. Um, and he's able to get inside. He gets through the crowd. Um, and there's some paramedics in there, and the, the dude's definitely dead. Um, but um, ba- basically, um, R- Richie concocts a plan, which is to like you know, clean the dude up, bandage him, and put him, you know, like like in, in the gurney mm-hmm. um, and just wheel him out and act like they're taking to him to the hospital. Right. Um, which is one of those, like, it, it's a really great write-yourself-into-a-corner-and-then-like-figure-out-a-clever-way-to-get-out-of-it a mm-hmm. uh, moments. Um, uh, but r- quickly after we see that, like, Richie is like, you know, confronting his partner. He's like, what were you doing in there?
1: Yeah, checks his arms, yeah, make sure he's not on the smack, which he clearly is. Guys, fucking oh, yeah. eye out, out of his ass. Oh yeah,
0: and and like, you know, he, he clearly robbed him, and then and then shot him, and it's like, yeah, he he essentially is like, I, I'm gonna have to turn you in. Mm-hmm. Um, and but his partner just uh, jumps
1: out the fucking ambulance, dude.
0: Jumps out, man! Fucking runs
1: and is dead like within the next what a day or yeah, a couple days well,
0: cuz what happens i think is that he gets blue magic yeah an overdose and he ODs on yeah. it. and um and and that's what also triggers Richie into like what is this stuff you know cuz it's in his pocket i got to i got to track this down um when he goes to the to the morgue there's another detective there played by norman reedus yeah
1: i've seen that and i was like wait what was that just for, like... he's He wasn't anybody, really, yeah, at Yeah, he, he had, what, like,
0: five lines? Yeah, I mean... Four, maybe? W- whatever it was. Oh, like, hey, he dude, was, he was yeah. an
1: extra. That was pre-Walking Dead, bro.
0: Straight up, I mean, yeah. And um, he had
1: the same exact drip.
0: Oh, yeah, it's crazy to see him this young, though, mm, you know?
1: Yeah, he looked really young. I just
0: saw him in another movie, too. It's like, I, I forget, it was, like, three years after this, and, like, he still looked so fucking young. It's, it's just insane.
1: Yeah, shout out to him. Oh, I saw him in Blade 2. Mm. It was a couple Blade years two? before this, Shit. actually. That's crazy. I haven't watched the Blade movie in like almost 10 years, probably.
0: I, I just watched,
1: I saw all three of the new Beverly. Did you like the first Blade? The first one
0: was great. Um, I really love that opening scene in the club. When like there, there it's a it's a bunch of vampires in the club, <laughs> oh, Um yeah. and then they like squirt blood from the s- ceiling yeah, on them. To... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Blade yeah. shows up and everyone's like, "Fuck!"
1: <laughs> 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 and then he just like tears through them. I'm here for tax evasion, nigga. Then pulls out his blade and proceeds to kill all the vampires. Yep, yep. Shout you, na- out. you nailed it, man. Shout out, Wesley Pipes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the the second one was really good
0: though. I I I, I really love Guillermo del Toro. Um... And it's just a lot of
1: fun, a mm. lot of great action. Yeah, he always makes things very fun.
0: Yeah, and he's he's uh, very sentimental too and sincere. Mm-hmm. So, um, like his movies end up uh, working for me. Uh, yep. Usually, I, I really like the heart of his his films. Um, yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, you know, Frank starts like seeing success in his uh in his business. He we, we see him go over to Vietnam and and basically meet the source and cut everything himself and then god tries to tell him dude quickly after that we yeah he's introduces his family into all this
1: um he buys his mom a new house um well, that's what i was curious about did they ever explain how he like did frank lucas serve in the military or something no or no, no, he, no. Just, he doesn't he so the sergeant is just a random guy that he that they he didn't. has some
0: kind of contact in there because
1: okay. i was under the assumption that frank lucas had served in some capacity and that's how he was able to have his connections with the military.
0: I mean, maybe man,
1: I, I didn't see anything on his wiki. I looked it up afterwards. He lived it, to be uh, 90. I, by the I way. think he
0: gets like a, a passport made for him though. At one point in the movie, like before he's going to Vietnam, yeah. like they, so like, I think they just whip him up a fake identity. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he ever has to serve in, it, you know, like to have that connection, but I don't know how he meets the guy. Who's over there? Yeah, the military, you know, like, like,
1: the guy that takes his calls, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um.
0: So, but I, I, it must be one of those prior connection things. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, yeah, I got a guy in the military. He, he
1: yeah, no, no context connection, but it's okay. Things. We didn't need all that really, because you got the gist pretty much. Yeah. Um. Okay. I wonder if there's still opium growing in Vietnam mm-hmm. right now. Matter of fact. Yeah, bro.
0: Um. There's a bit. In here, um, so so Richie gets news that he passes the bar exam, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's like running, uh, just through New York, um, but uh, <laughs> he's a, he, I think he's uh, he's tracing the money, um, in this scene, but he uh he goes to the Joker steps. Does he? Yeah. What? Dude, they they show the steps from Joker I didn't fucking
1: catch that. That's crazy. They've been
0: in a million films. Really? Yeah, that that like but nobody's used it that way. Exactly.
1: Joaquin Phoenix (laughs) dance style. That shit was really good. uh, That shit was so good. Uh
0: -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. What? That shit is not great. What do you mean? That shit is not good.
1: Dude, Louie, you're gonna piss now I'm pissed off. What the fuck do you mean that wasn't good, dude? How you gonna sit there and tell me, fucking,
2: dude, dude, dude,
1: dude, bro? That's just hitting hard, homie. Joaquin Phoenix may not have rhythm, but he committed to that so hard. Oh man, he
0: he gave a good performance. Uh, but but that movie is not good. That's not like a needle drop either,
1: my dude. Confident? Oh, did you just say the whole movie is not good? Yeah, yeah. What?
0: We, we, we Jay, we don't need to get into dude. It. I, we're, I, um, dude, we're gonna turn off the camera. We're gonna a, start yelling at each other. It's it's very uh. I think it's very reductive in its uh, depiction of mental illness. Um, And, you know, like, the fact that they make it so broad in general. um, Yeah. And then also, um, yeah, again, Walking gives a great performance, good score, Mm. looks great, um, but, like, the script is, like, such a misfire. And, like... To me, I really love The King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. I would just rather watch those movies. I think it's it's not a really great riff on on them. I kind of feel um, that actually, but it's it's I, I I get why a lot of people who haven't seen a lot of movies love it. Um, I think there's a reason why it made a billion dollars. You know,
1: this guy's trying to tell me I don't know movies. I'm
0: not I'm not I'm not saying that. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, <laughs> Joker's not for me. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's not get into that because I'm. I had a I had like a clap back, and it was a whole fucking thing. And you know get, get, what?
0: <coughs> I mean, man, defend it, defend get it. Get my
1: shit off. I mean, I just think, mm, what you said about the uh, the dulling down or the dumbing down of mental uh, health awareness, I can see that point. I can't devil's advocate that one because yeah, like for sure, I kind of see that. It, it's um, just very like but I, welfare.
0: I, like you know, they're like, oh, he's he's. You know, this is why he's bad. It's because his mom is like a, you know, like what was like repainting reality for him and like yeah. gaslighting him. And he's off of his meds. And he was born with this. And the, like, if you're just like, uh, like, I get it. The idea is it's all co- compounding, or maybe you're not aware of like where any one of these, like, wh- which one of these things is what made him the Joker, mm-hmm. but like. It it feel I I would rather just I, I like the, well, the other you, takes like
1: Alan Moore. Don't you think is, that Don't you think that this version of Joker is pretty much saying that the reason why Joker is the way he is is society made me the way I am.
0: Um. Well, there, which there, is there's, versus yeah.
1: like the Dark Knight Joker, where he's like, "Do you see these guys?"
0: For sure. There's there's certainly like some incel stuff in there too, and like yeah, yeah so, 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 so. society. society that, that's the part of the society made me this way is like society said that i couldn't have the the drugs i needed you know right like, yeah um i could see where society said that i can't have a, a fantasy relationship with this girl
1: <laughs> okay i could see where the quip becomes fucking stupid like i get it i feel that i just think like my only defense overall was just that i think this is a more humanized version of joker despite it being so muddled yeah, yeah. down with like I, the, the 2022 dude, recipe, right? I
0: appreciate the artistic swing of it and actually, like, yeah, that's right? what's and, fun about and, it to me. And also, like, you're right, it's probably well, there, uh, there, I don't know where it would fall in my like my MCU ranking, but mm-hmm. there's definitely Marvel movies below it, yeah. Um, but there's Marvel movies above it too.
1: And I mean, I won't, I still have to say, Heath Ledger Joker is like still the greatest Let's of all go time. To it. That's yeah, no one's gonna touch that. I think that Joker. Like, I brought up the fucking you see these scars thing because his dad fucking gave him the, the, uh, what's the thing? It's like a, the,
0: the, this, well, the, the, that's the beauty of the Dark Knight Joker is that his backstory changes mm-hmm. in, uh, every scene. Um, so he says his dad gave it to him in one of them. Oh, um, yeah, he says you're he, right. He cut it himself in yeah, another you're right. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. It, it, anyways, all I was going to say is like, if that, I think if it if it wasn't walking Phoenix in that film It would have crashed hard. I think it would have crashed. I don't think that script would have supported it, but you know, he does give a great ass performance. You know, and I don't know who it would have. To be been. honest, Joker two could be killer. It's gonna be a musical. We got Lady Gaga playing Harley yeah, Quinn. I know. I I'm like it's, I am gonna hurt. go right see up it. Right up your alley. I know it is, dude. But also yeah, who, I know who, it knows, is, who dude. knows, man? Right up your shit, dude. Who knows? Um so yeah, so so basically Richie is is trailing um, some drugs, mm. and he's trying to figure out... Um, it ba- basically, he sells some drugs to a s- supplier, tracing it back to the source, and he finds Josh Brolin and some of the other dirty cops. Um, he-, he asks for like his money back from them, and uh, basically, Josh Brolin big dicks him. Yeah, stay out of New York. Stay yep. out of New York!
1: Yep. Um, you ever think about crossing that bridge? You fucking call me. You understand? <laughs> Which is great, too, because
0: then later, um, you know, Josh Roland's character comes to New Jersey mm-hmm. and he's trying to like, um, he's basically trying to get Richie to, to lay off Frank. He's yeah, like, what, he's what are you doing? Cow. He's a cash cow. what yeah.
1: what's, what's the matter with you?
0: He's a fucking cash cow. we got to work together. And then Richie's like, oh, you didn't hear? I turned down a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Unmarked bills.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all that it's shit. It's so good, dude. It's just, it's it's, a, it's great. Um, Frank Lucas's own hubris didn't allow him to see the inevitable end. Anybody from oh, an yeah. outside perspective would have seen, like, it's like if I had a shipping business and it relied on me shipping medical uh, equipment to Vietnam soldiers. War's ending. My company is done. Right. Like, you ha- you right. have to, there's no, like, oh, no, 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 I can still, there's still places where people fight, right? Oh, I'll just go there. Now you're, like, pushing the bill on an idea that solely depended on war. No, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting
0: because, like, yeah, we just, you know, ended our war, you know, in the Middle East and pulled out, and uh, people are wondering, like, oh, are we going to take on the cartel? Like, there were rumors of that. Like are, are just because like does America need another war I mean, to be in business. And, and now there's, you know, the, the Russia Ukraine war. So I mean it's we're not the, gonna be jumping to get into Mexico or anything yeah. like that. I mean it's
1: the Roman tactic of uh a civil union needs a greater enemy to threaten said union in order to force the people into into uh Oh yeah being cohesive oh, yeah. as a unit. So as long as there's always a greater enemy in the world, people will always for the most part we live in a strange age of division right now but I think if another like 911 for example were to happen we'd be right back into gung ho like oh what what about civil rights again no nah, bro we have but, to fucking this is america yeah even 911
0: was you know like a attack to you know to bait us mm. into overreacting right. to to pour us into an area and overstretch our resources because they know that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And exactly. That's what the Roman, that's what made the Roman empire fail. Right. Is yep. that there, they, they couldn't, uh, you know, keep a grasp on everything that they had mm-hmm. as, as mighty as their, their nation was at, at whatever point, you know,
1: and even on a micro scale, you can say pretty much same thing happened to Frank Lucas. As soon as he made that commitment to go international with the Mazzano crime family, yep. or, uh, Look.
0: He didn't have a, a tight enough grip exactly. on, on everything. Well, that's too yeah.
1: much for one man and his twenty cousins he, to he, handle. Yeah, he couldn't
0: even control his brother,
1: right? Yeah. Let alone like the guy had to get whole his whole ass. You, you personally have to kick your own brother's ass. That's when you know shit's fucked up. You need, <laughs> you, need you need a guy who kicks your guys' ass yep. instead of you personally. But it does say a lot
0: that like so Frank Lucas was the driver. For, uh, for for Bugsy, right? Or what is it, Bunny? Bumpy. Bumpy, Bumpy. Yeah. Uh, Frank Lucas was the driver for Bumpy, and his brother's driver is just like, the, is the dude that shoots a cop, right? Mm. Like, he is like, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on at all, and you're like, that, you know, that dude could have been the next guy to take over if, if this whole operation was smart, right? I guess. Or ran uh, well.
1: Maybe it's the, and maybe I could be over-reading into the script, but. There's a scene where Frank Lucas uh, and Ava are talking and he goes uh, he was a teacher in reference to Bumpy and he goes, he taught me a lot of things. And then there's like a scene where he's like coming out of a closet and shoots this guy in the head <laughs> and he goes, he taught me how to be patient, <laughs> how to wait for my time. And I think that yeah. was like a little bit of like irony there because he never ha- he never uh, had the patience to teach them his cousins and his brothers like the right way. They right, Bumpy right. did for him because he was just as violent as the fucking guy that is his little cousin. But he immediately was like, uh, "Fuck my cousin, send him back home. He's done." Immediately, didn't give yep. him a second chance, yep. and that's when things tend to. Uh, although you feed them, they will bite your hand because you oh, yeah. betrayed their love and trust in some aspect. Yep, uh, I thought that was interesting. There's just a lot no, of really good writing in it, that. It, it,
0: it's it, it's great. I, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is structured. <laughs> Really well. I mean, yeah, and then exactly like we're we're getting into the quitting while you are ahead is not quitting, you know, yeah. like that whole sentiment there,
1: um, for Frank to learn, and yeah, I mean, I mean, a also dude only served like twelve years, got sentenced to seventy, got it reduced to seventy five, yeah, yeah. D- down to twelve, yeah, got out in nineteen ninety one, gave up a lot of cops. Hell yeah! Fuck those motherfuckers, man! Oh yeah, bro. The piss. Especially if I mean, and this is like the last thing I'll go into pretty much with it, but um, when he says, he says, "You think I give a shit about no cops, man? Fuck them cops!" <laughs> Kicks the throws the coffee
0: away. <laughs> the coffee. Yeah. Well, that that scene is so good. Like we have to unpack it too, because like, oh yeah, the coffee. Like you know, they like he he hits the coffee, the one coffee, but then the second coffee becomes, like, a negotiation It's a mediation tool. tool right, yeah, where, exactly. where Russell Crowe, like, is like, okay, what can I do for you? And pushes it across there, and then Denzel's, what can you do for me? You know, like, like that type of thing. And yeah, uh,
1: I mean, the as short as that scene was, like, the power in it was uh, beautiful, because you get Frank's motivation it's, for, it's, yeah, it's for hating fucking police, because they dragged out a 12-year-old boy, tied him to a pole, and broke his teeth with a shotgun barrel, and then yeah. shot him twice in the head. That would, like... I was thinking about if that was me, dude. I'm me personally. Like, I might sound like a psychopath when it like reacting this way, but I'm for show, sure, like killing cops at some point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. What? <laughs> I'm for show sure taking one, like one, because like, dude, you can never see life the same after that. I was right. really trying to put no, myself I mean, in the.
0: And that's that's Frank's life. I mean, he exactly. That's what he came from. Like, mm-hmm. he he's never gonna forget the the type of you know, violence that was inflicted upon him and, and, and what the system did to him. Right. Yeah, and like,
1: hate, hate begets more hate. Yeah. So the cycle is always fulfilling itself.
0: Um, I was going to say there's, there's also a scene where, um, basically they're like, like Richie is, uh, investigating the, the, the helicopter that comes in with the drugs, the, the heroin from, from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, or not the, the plane. Um, but yeah, uh, there, there's a scene where, like, they get chewed out by, like, an official, um, and it's played by Roger Bart, who's just, uh, he's, he's mostly known uh, for, like, his theater acting. It's See, he, um, I liked his
1: performance. He was really good. He said, he said, he said, shut the fuck up! He said, you think that you could come in here and do whatever the fuck you think you want? And then he tries to, do, he goes, oh, but Frank Lucas, he goes, no, he, and I quote, no N-word, could achieve what the Italian mobs have achieved in the past hundred years, yep. then proceeds to call them a K word, which yep. I'm not going to say. But whole Dude, holy, shit.
0: it's it's so great though. Like it's it's a it's yeah, it, it's just perfectly distilled right there. Yeah, um, yeah just which, fucking awesome.
1: Uh, and I think this is a decent juxtaposition because, like, you see in uh, Great Debaters, right? Right. The transition of white people. It's like when they go up north, they're Dude. like. All they're dressed up nice. They're all kind. They treat them like human beings. Then you get this, which is this is the same type of person. Like that is they represented the North progressionism. Yeah, this is the same uh, guy that's not only dropping an N bomb, but then a K bomb to a person. I'm not even sure if he knows if he's Jewish or not. He just said, "Get him out of my fucking face." I was like,
0: "Oh." He's just like a bigot, but like also, yeah. He's 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 he feels like he's a refined person.
2: Like yeah. he doesn't even understand. He thinks he
1: represents a, a progression, a renaissance of equality, right. which in his mind he still is out here saying n words and f words and all the all sorts of <laughs> up, bigoted yes, shit. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. He, yeah, he w- he would be a transphobe today. A th- bro, a thousand percent. If a black man marries his he daughter, just, he, he just
0: would... keeps saying all the things he's saying right now. That's that's it, right? You bro, know. I mean, yeah. Fifty years later, it's just. I bet you,
1: the, it I be you the money is still discussion. alive, still saying the n word and shit. Oh yeah. Damn n word. Saying it in his grave. Yeah, rolling in his grave, fucking saying the f word.
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, we they basically yeah Richie and uh and Frank work together though to take out all the cops and that's pretty much the end of the film.
1: Which I thought um, was super satisfying. There, there's a
0: uh, a great scene where you see Trupo. He
1: he kills himself. Yep, goes out uh, with his morning paper. Fucking blasts. I which mean, again, but like, I was like Ridley's
0: about- not going to shoot this in a way that doesn't feel cinematic because. Yeah, I loved he, the fucking. He shoots, he shoots himself like on the lawn chair, the and terrace. Then, yeah, on the terrace, and there's like a umbrella kind of cover above mm-hmm. him, and it's white, and then the entire thing's covered with blood. And like the, it's it looks awesome.
1: The maid or the housekeeper is in there, but you can only see her shadow. Yeah, well she's just vacuuming. vacuuming in the back. That's yeah. what I thought. Great foregr- so foreground versus background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. I love that shit. It's just dynamic scenes, you know. Yeah. Everything
0: is staged. Everything is, is composed, and, like, even though that's only, like, a 15-second scene, like, um, it, it's just why this movie moves. Like, even though it's two and a half hours, it doesn't feel like two and a
1: half hours. Oh, not at all. There's almost, uh, like, an immediate pace increase when we go from um, Great Debaters to American Gangster. Yeah, even though they're they're nearly the same duration of time, Great Debaters felt so much more slow to me, and I think it's because I ex- like I was like, all right, well,
0: they take their time, yeah, for sure. it's very linear. I mean, and it's very two like, hours. It's yeah. it's
1: even shorter, right? Like, yeah, See, I think Great Debaters is two hours three minutes. But well, like, also, American there's gangsters. there's no
0: scene in Great Debaters where Denzel Washington pulls out a gun and shoots a guy in the face, <laughs> like, it's, like yeah, that. That'll true. that'll
1: d- that'll put a little more energy into your step in any, any film, right? I think they still, they, uh, actually, and this is, I'll just say this now before I forget, I think both films made a very important representation and contrast of what happened to black society. So we went from the, uh, uh, Mr. Tolstoy says, the ed- education of the children of tomorrow is our most important job. Then you have Characters like uh, farmer senior mm-hmm. who speaks six languages, went to ease a college professor, works at a college and is also a Negro. Which is like ground groundbreaking. These are the things that we used to want as as a community, as a whole. We wanted to be more progressive. Now, when you look at it, a lot of that shit is discounted by um all that matters is now niggas getting money. Nobody wants to be smart. I mean, and I'm not like I don't I don't want to like say this as a whole, but I feel like it's necessary. No one is pushing anybody to be better than what they are. We're yeah. so mired in in like uh, race race identity issues, and um, people just trying to find their place and acceptance in the world that they're not able to really uh, excel in the ways that are necessary. Yeah. And then I get into American Gangster. And it literally shows the degradation of the black community in front of me. Mm -hmm. So we go from uh, black men and women debating at Yale about why they should be able to be admitted to schools where white people go to the degradation of black society where a chosen few are given the opportunity to make millions of dollars off of the backs of their own communities. And they think that they're outsmarting the white man. You're not. You end up working for him. And it... You end up destroying the thing that you worked so hard to build. Straight up. And now we it didn't change past the 80s. It didn't change into the 90s. And if anything, it's gotten more violent with shit. Niggas would rather be in the league or fucking be a rapper than be a professor like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Definitely. I'm not saying nothing's wrong with that. That's super great and all. But that's exactly what William Lynch would have wanted. And William Lynch, is he's mentioned in Great Debaters mm-hmm. uh, by Mr. Tolston, but he also wrote a book called... Uh, 100 Years a Slave, and it goes into detail of how you can keep black people down as a community by uh, separating them and giving wealth to some and none to others. Create light skins and and value them more than dark skins. These are things that are ingrained in people's minds and they don't really even understand it. This is like a way of, um, a tool of control. It's not really the way the world works.
0: Well, and it's a tool of capitalism too as a whole because it essentially like what's happening here is like black people had to fight for the right to even be like considered the, you know, equal with other citizens. Mm. But the moment like those rights came in and, and rights for women came in, um, like they realized, okay, like we can now profit off of like the masses. Like they, they decided like, Oh, we just need to, you know, we'll treat everyone equal, but then we'll treat that level lower and lower and lower. Mm. Right? And, class and, division and amongst cl- the community exactly like like they just started bringing class division and you know even in you know, it, it happens in every race really I mean too because like it's only become more and more of a problem yeah it feels like I just feel like it's you know?
1: really sad because like it, even in uh, American Gangster like all those crime lords is like what everyone wants to be I oh, want to yeah. be a baller yeah. I want to be a pimp I want to be this I want to be that I want to be a gangster for real and then you know Again, the juxtaposition is so just stunning to see the change in values in the community. And, like, that change of values literally led to exclusivity where 1% of us are, are very wealthy and the other 99% of niggas ain't up to shit, apparently. Dude, that, and don't and that, get.
0: that's the capitalist, like, dream is, like, oh, I could be as rich as as Elon Musk one day mm-hmm. if, if I came up with the right business, yada, yada. And you're not even thinking about what he
1: started with and yeah. I mean, what
0: resources he you know, allowed him to The first thing there. you're
1: missing is what can I do to serve my community or what can I do to serve, uh, like, those immediate around me, right. which is, like, not what anybody starts their train of thought with.
0: No, in a capitalist world, it's, I mean, it's about survival, right? Like, Yeah.
1: yeah. It's great stuff, man. It's fucking, it's crazy. <laughs> I just felt really, it struck me right in, like, my black card. Like, I was like, damn, bro. I feel very strongly about this, but, Sorry. and I'll be honest at the same time, because I am, like, multi-ethnic, uh, sometimes I'm like, I'll leave it to someone who's more black than me to say it, but honestly, that's part of the problem. Nobody, yeah. like, it, it's well, up to people who are, who see things. It's, it's, a, it's up to everyone. Yeah, it, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Um but that's why I thought it was really, uh, really um, compelling.
0: Yeah, fuck it. All right, let me just get one more thing up. Just, I'd just like to have a cast list.
1: Damn, yeah, bro. Yeah, it would be nice because I don't remember. I only remember Mister Tolston from Great Invaders, which is obviously Denzel. Mister Tolston. I don't know anybody else's name. Farmer Junior. That's it. Well, just yeah. I'm. J- I was just gonna call him Junior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works. Farmer Junior, yeah, Farmer Junior. All right, Put those there. Farmer Junior on the beat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's a good tag, dude.
0: Farmer Junior, Farmer Junior.
1: I'm a farmer. I'm a fucker. I'm a late night. Hunted Tucker. Tuck buckets. I be getting buckets.
0: What do you think, a Farmer Junior like
1: was a farmer of? A farmer of knowledge, homie. Farmer of knowledge. Just like f- fucking yeah, farmer bro. senior, bro. He cultivated that shit. Senior is sp- speaking seven different languages. He's in the booth speaking Latin and shit.
0: So are you saying like farmer juniors like a zombie? Like <laughs> cultivating
1: <laughs> brains? He's Yeah, he's cultivating his own brain, I suppose. <laughs> he's like an anti-zombie, you feel me? <laughs> like so self-aware that you're trapped by your own awareness, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that's his critical flaw. And he he fulfills that, or he, he he unravels that flaw at the end of the movie. I th- yeah, that's a perfect reading. <laughs> I think so. I think if like me and the the writer sat in the same room, they'd be like, "Dude, you fucking genius! You want a job?" <laughs> I'll go shit, homie. I don't work for idiots. I think I think they'd dap you up and be like, "Dude, you got it." They'd be like, "That was in the subtext of that script," but like. I didn't know how to bring it out, man. It's I'll go, it's cool, man. You just weren't as talented as a writer as me. Like I could have delivered, but it's cool. But they're like they're like, I saw a world where like that could be my script, but you know, I,
0: I can't deliver.
1: Yeah, man. Can. S- some of us just can't deliver. Me? I'm a finisher. I finished the job, homie. <laughs> hey guys.
0: Uh, all right. <coughs> okay. Okay. Ready as I'll <clears throat> ever be. Let's do it, baby. Welcome back from the break. (laughs) (laughs) We have The Great Debaters, directed by Denzel Washington. Uh, This is Denzel Washington's directorial debut. Um, I believe he's directed a couple other films. He did uh, Fences, uh, which is based on an August Wilson play. He's played a lot of... uh, leads in August Wilson plays on like on Broadway actually. Mm-hmm. Um, even his son John David Washington also just played um, a role in an August Wilson play on on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I actually caught it. It's called The Piano Lesson, um, but he's really good in it. Um, Denzel Washington's got a couple other films. Actually, so, I'm sorry, this wasn't his first film. He did uh, one other film before this, Antoine Fisher. Oh, okay. in 2002. Um, but yeah, I mean, he only has a few uh directorial features. I mean, he's really worked with just about every big director you could name. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's what got the Coen brothers, um, recently. Um, he has Tony Scott. Uh, he's got uh, Spike Lee, he did with Malcolm X. Um, Man, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think here. I mean, flight he did um, that with Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, which is, I forgot about <laughs> you know, that. Like, he's pretty much done like there. everything, dude. Yeah, um, just just an extensive career for sure. Um, yeah, it, it, so I mean, I'm sure he has a lot of insight there. But um, I th- I think he produces films too now a, a bit. Yeah, I think he's gotten into that. Um, yeah, but
1: anyways, uh,
0: what do you think about uh, the Great Debaters?
1: I thought it was great. Um, pace wise, wasn't. I mean, it's it's a fairly linear story, so you go into yeah. it kind of knowing what to expect right away. Um, Denzel Washington played a great role. I feel like yes. he he is an actor as many facets, but sometimes you just don't know what to expect from him because you it's really hard to read what his next move is going to be.
0: I think he grounds this. Uh, film really well like he he does a really good um so so this is basically about a debate team mm-hmm. um and kind of like the it, they're, they're an all-black debate team and kind of the hardships that they're facing trying to you know compete at different colleges and be taken seriously in the academic world right um but uh yeah denzel washington's basically the teacher um or you know the the guy who's like uh, mentoring all of these students mm-hmm. and it's it's great because he isn't exactly the protagonist of the film, um, you know. It, we're seeing a lot of it through a you know James Farmer Junior's perspective, right? But um, every time Denzel's there, like if you just feel like you're in good hands, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, he plays a very good supporting role throughout yeah. the movie. I I'm, would say I'm
0: sure he's top billed in this though because it's him. Yeah. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. But I'd uh, say like
1: the very first half of the film is less of a supportive role from him, right? And more of an active role um and I think they do it very well because it's framed uh it's framed very well in terms of like a mini hero's journey for all the uh the debaters they, yeah. they have their own resolutions at different points throughout the film which leads them to work cohesively better as a group as a
0: as a team exactly right.
1: um and I just I think that the again the historical context, in both American Gangster and in this film, play a very important role in the world setting, how everything feels, and I think they represented that super well, especially in the beginning scenes when uh, when Mister Tolson is dressed up as like a sharecropper and he's in that random like jazz bar or a like right. funk area that all the black people go to and go hang out, and you see one of the students or soon to be students getting into a fist fight with big old boy, big old dude. <laughs> big boy. Bucks him up. Guys armed not with a, a little straight razor. Still wins the fight. And it's stopped by Mr. Tolston. Mm-hmm. which um, at that point I was like, dude, what is this like some fucking flashback? Like, is this roots days and shit? Like was Mr. <laughs> Tolston like some sort of second generation slave? Like what's going on here? And then of course you get uh, a lot more context oh, yeah. into what he's actually doing. And that, Uh, that alone plays like a really big role in uh, like everything is an allegory to a debate, like how to, how to really present a factual, logical debate. And part of the reason why he's dressed up uh, as a sharecropper in that scene, which you'll, you'll figure out later in the film is that he's trying to present himself a certain way to people to connect with them on a more base level. So it's like the psychological aspect of how you present yourself to people is part of, uh, it's a part of the delivery yeah, of, it, of convincing. It, it's
0: great, too, because, like, you know, people think that debating is just arguing, you know, and I think, like, they, they the, the screenplay here introduces the concepts of debating really well. Right. And the kind of mind shift you have to have going into it, right? Mm. Like, don't put up a fallacy, uh, you know, like, a just fallacy. a fallacy, right? Yeah. Like, if something feels emotionally right, um, it can be picked apart by logic. And, right. but, but that's also like a fun push and pull at times is like it feels like there are times where, yeah, some of, these, some of these people need to get a hold of their emotions a little more in their debate. And other ones need to stir more of it up to
1: inspire themselves. Right. Um, Which makes me think of <clears throat> two particular scenes. One I have a note on. Uh, the second I just thought of in the moment. But you have the scene where I think his name is Book. With an E? Yeah. Uh, A book, the Farmer Jr. and Samantha make the team. Right. Um, And Mr. Tolson says, all right, tell me something about yourself that I don't already know or people don't know. Yeah, yeah, I love this. And when Book goes, why don't you tell me about yourself? And he goes, this isn't a debate. And and, uh, Book replies something along the lines of like, uh, but isn't it though? Right, like we're in a conversation. Yeah, like, this is know, what like, it, like, Yeah, this yeah. is the fundaments but of. But then,
0: a, yeah, that's it's great because then Tolson, like you know, also like flips it. He's like, okay, I'll take the affirmative. Mm-hmm. you know, he's like, if if we're doing a debate, then I'm setting the terms right here. Like, let's go.
1: Which is like, he delivers a simple notion of you don't need to know about me in order to to to. To but succeed in this yeah. dating circle, but he pulls it with an analogy that ties it to everyone.
0: He Exactly, but he also hints at, like, what his greater trauma probably is, mm-hmm. which is, like, what makes that, that moment, like, so beautiful. Because, like, yeah, he, he's a closed-off character. Yeah. We get into his, like, um, civil rights uh, um, kind of, like, work because he's, he's trying to, like, get a bunch of farmers together yeah, well,
1: um, everyone to at, unionize. Everyone at the time thinks he's a fucking commie because... Yeah. Anyone who forms a union is a commie or a socialist and both of those are big bad at the time. I
0: mean it's uh, exactly and you know the propaganda against those words just starts here and keeps going right <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's just it, it's a beautiful thing to see yeah. yeah again, so much has changed but hasn't you know
1: and the uh, the second one that I actually wanted to bring up was this film really touches on themes of fact versus conjecture. Yes. And this is something really important for today's world is there's a lot of misinformation that goes around without verification. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lot of people can be subject to to a completely false narrative without really understanding why. Or, or they don't know how to do their research or fact-checking very much. And it's because, much like Tolson said, these fallacies that people engage in are entirely emotional. Mm-hmm. So it's like all based off uh, whether it be fear or excitement or or what curiosity feels right, right you know? exactly oh it feels as if yeah you know it's aliens or it feels as if it's a government conspiracy right. but is it, it's
0: easier to have an answer or a scapegoat than to not ha- to have an unvalued right cuz we know, like, have like a like consistent yeah we
1: have a consistent and unbearable need yeah. to know but i really uh appreciated that cuz that's how i mean i don't purposely look at things like that but i don't really gauge things off how i feel things need to be said and spoken about first before you go with how you feel in your heart. Yeah. Of course that you don't take that for everything. Of course, emotion has plays. It's, part. No, but, but, but there's,
0: there's great scenes where like, um, there, there's a scene where Samantha Buck, it's like one of her first, uh, public debating kind of form, uh, s- speeches. And they, they're out in a tent. They got a bunch of, of, of white Southerners mm, basically mm-hmm, in front mm-hmm. of them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're debating like whether black people should be admitted into college. And that was exactly, you know, it's a point of the time, you know, like if you were to go to a debate school or a, a debate uh, class or a club right. or one of their meets nowadays, you know, abortion might be a thing that comes up because it's a, it's something that's being talked about legally, you right, know? Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe 10 years ago, you would have seen gay marriage on the docket of, mm. of discussion too. Um, and like, the, you know, people were really talking about these points and like, this was a way to get people talking about the things and you feel it uh, where, where Samantha book like is almost winning over the audience onto her, her point that like, because the, the guy she's uh, debating against, you know, he, he essentially starts to give up in the debate because he gives her like some leverage. She's like, okay, yeah, some white people are out of their range, you know, but like he shifts his, his argument to be like black people won't be happy at a college where people aren't accepting them. And he's like, so one day it will be fine to do it. But like today we shouldn't do it because they won't be happy. And then she she gets to flip that into being, well, if not today, then when? Next week, mm-hmm. next year, 10 years from now, 100 years from now, like we have to do this now as something we're speaking. Based, and like,
1: yeah, something based in logic yeah. versus, oh, I feel
0: like he wouldn't be happy. Right. And and like it's just it's, – it's so great like because – she is beat him with facts, so he, you know, retorts to like, "Okay, I'm gonna di- try to dismiss some of this with mm-hmm. the emotional logic."
1: Which, on a, that's what the beauty I find in debating. I mean, dude, I, I, me, I like to fucking argue, and not argue, but play devil's advocate, only because oh, to it's, poke it's, and it's yeah, it's necessary because that's how you, like, I don't get mad when people disagree or you're we just fucking talking about the Joker. And I was like, bro, we're going to have to turn off the fucking camera. Cause we need to talk about this. <laughs> but like, it's not like I'm going to be like, dude, it's not like I'm going to, after this podcast, be like, bro, you're we fucking hang out anymore. Dude, don't come over anymore. Like you straight up pissed me off. People can't seem to, to have a civil disagreement. And that's what I, I like to have those conversations and people get really mad because it's not like they're too emotionally invested in, in a, Something that's requires critical thinking. And like you it's not it doesn't have to be an attack and it doesn't have to be like that. We should be able to have a civil conversation where you explain your viewpoints and I explain why I think those are wrong. And then we go, Okay, well, that's fine that you it's the same scene from great debaters with Forrest Whitaker and and Denzel. Yes Farmer Senior and him and he goes, Hey brother, don't confuse yourself with Jesus, because that's when you start to get lost. And he says, "Well, I'm not convinced. I know
0: that that's maybe <laughs> it's maybe like the best scene of the movie. Yeah, because it's just the two of them like growing down, and like they are talking academically mm-hmm. with one another, but like you can just tell like that they they are having so much fun. Like the way they start like laugh at, yep. laughing with each other. Yep. Like, yeah. It's a uh, it, it, it's awesome and yeah, Forest Whitaker does a really great job he in this. Is amazing um, in that movie. I, I don't, and and I don't think we've pointed out, but um, uh, his son is playing junior in this film.
1: Oh, that's actually his kid. It's ju- that's just his wow, kid, straight up. That's yeah. awesome. No, um, I mean, when I was watching that, I was like, dude, I wish my, I wish my dad was like Forrest Whitaker. And then, like, the, it's, as much it, as it's like, as much as I'd be scared, I'd be like, dude, this guy like gives a shit. You feel me? Like, he really is oh, like. Yeah. When his son's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to the debate thing." He doesn't look up from his his scripts or anything, but he goes, "I wish you the best of luck, son." And I'm just <laughs> like,
0: "Oh man!" Yeah, the dad
1: not giving him anything. Yeah,
0: dude. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the that's the thing is he's like, he treats everything so cordially and academic. He's like, you know, me treating you this way is me giving you respect as a person, right? right. Like, well, me not it, getting excited scene, for you, and you're like, scene, "Dad, just get excited."
1: Yeah, the scene like, where he makes the team, and he's like, "Dad." he's like, Junior, he he goes, Junior, what is a man's greatest hubris? (laughs)
2: He goes,
1: uh, I don't know, like doubt, I guess. And he goes, oh, that's good. That's right, son. Thank you, Junior. He's like, dad, dad. And he still is like, yeah, that's right. And it's like, as much as you have to, like, I respect intellectualism very much. So it's like, Junior, uh, like, loves that about his dad, but at the same time, your mind is in realms that are far away yeah. that well, remove you from the personal it, exactly. aspects of your life. And, and
0: it's a great scene, too, because, like, you know that um, Junior, you know, like, like, once Junior's like, I'm an alternate, his dad's like, all right, who's ahead of you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, it doesn't matter that he's 14 and he's on a team with, like, other people that are, like, four or five years older than him. he's like, no, you need to be the first guy on that yeah. on that team, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, yeah hard to impress that guy a a dude who speaks seven languages It would
1: be but sometimes i mean it's it's sometimes that's the motivation you need uh like as a young man to gain the willpower needed to like succeed right because when he's telling him like um when junior was uh was stealthily watching the farmer's union meeting and it got hella dangerous and those white people drove a car through the whole thing and he couldn't tell his dad where he was
2: Mm-hmm.
1: dude farmer senior is starting to fucking use it he said boy you coming up <laughs> yeah. you been you've been drinking because you're surely not coming up in my house not telling me where you've been at its 14 like, yeah I was like oh yep. I was like bro I'm scared but with dude, that with that being said like junior looks so young too dude, like yeah you're, he you're looks just so like little. this kid hasn't done shit. Yeah, like, he didn't yeah. do anything but you're at the same time like um, it's real man yeah, it's real, and it's a he lot. He comes of,
0: apart after that. He's like, I, I'm not going to let my son be ta- corrupted. Yeah, like,
1: that's literally what he says. Yeah, like which there's obviously um, that's him being taken by emotion and, and crossing the line, especially when he strikes him. Right, but right. I think that yeah. when you grow up in an environment like that, uh, it's it's really hard to succeed under that pressure. But at the same time, it sets up like. Uh, Here's an ideal f- male figure in your life that's actually represents something like the truth, something uh, Socratic, something uh, philosophical, something that's bigger than what a man should be, and th- not a lot of us really get that. And I think that sets a lot of men back in, in life sometimes.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, he's a great. You're you are right. He's a, he's a great ideal um, and a great figure, role model. I'd like to aspire yeah. to, because you know you you know it's possible because he's doing it right, mm-hmm. like. That even though his expectations are high,
1: oh, and right? it, uh, his sisters—the one of the two only Negro lawyers in Texas. Yeah. So not only is your dad cracked, but the whole but family. Your, yeah, right? your aunt is like, also like the only, the only lawyer, or one of the one of two only black <laughs> lawyers in all of Texas. It's fucking nuts, right? Yeah. Go it's
2: uncle Don't worry.
1: But um,
0: no, it's it's good, man. Um. What do you think about the little kind of love triangle going on here?
1: Disney Channel levels of
0: trope. Straight up. You already knew up,
1: man. Homeboy didn't have a chance, and he did the whole, like, the scene where he's, like, putting on fucking aftershave. <laughs> he goes, he goes, gets hella hyped up. I'm like, boy, you about to smell good as shit for no reason because yep. she's not giving you yep. the time of day. But so funny
0: when Junior, like, thought he could. Like, like he, he's, like, he sees her dancing, and he's like, uh-huh. Yeah, and he starts thinking is him <laughs> and, and then eating. she's like, Do you
1: wanna dance? Yeah, yeah. And I d I, I don't know, I kind of feel you're like, 14, man. Yeah, when you're 14, 13, because I feel like I've been in a situation like that, but like with my babysitter or something, like she's hanging out their boy <laughs> boyfriend, and I was like, I was like, You're doing shit without me. You do it all the time. And you couldn't help but sympathize with him because you're like, damn, poor guy doesn't stand a fucking chance, right? But I mean, it was Disney levels of trope. I didn't need to pay attention. As soon as my boy fucking hit, I was like, and he seen the shoes in the room when he was like, he was like, oh, he's like, come on, the debating team's getting ready. He's like, oh, I just have to clean my house. And he like looks past him and sees the the Samantha's heels on the ground and he goes, right, yeah, I'll just let you clean your house. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was like, it's over. I was like, that motherfucker's done, dude. Yeah. I mean, so not much to like speak on there. Uh, of course, like the the uh, book, the more grown of the the two boys, he um, had his temptations when he was in, uh, they were in Boston, right, at the Harvard debate, and they never really followed up on that. Like it wasn't like he's seen a woman and she was all beautiful and she's smiling at him and he was just like. And then it cuts, or it does a yeah. two thousands transition overlap <laughs> exactly. of the girl yeah. Samantha's sleeping face, and he goes, "Damn man. gets up, leaves. The I assume they 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 just cut to the next day. So. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I would assume like he's the type of guy who once he get you know he he's shown the the bigger world and he's like okay cool like yeah I mean you know, he's let me bounce super
1: but... intelligent so you know you kind of expect that yeah. of him in that moment but that's kind of what I meant by the the linear uh, pace of the film right. I mean that's the thing. It, it's not about these
0: relationships. It's about yeah. the debates. It's, it's about just like the, the it journey. Just, yeah, yeah, and all of this is just to add some extra flavor and tension to to the classroom scenes and all that. Well, and it's know? how
1: you make characters feel alive, right? Right. Sometimes that they got actual
0: personal yeah, shit going when, on. When I'm
1: writing a character, um, like in in a novel setting, I always feel like so. I'm like, bro, I have to force this character to act a little weird sometimes, or act a little like. Not in the way I would uh, traditionally write, right. or this isn't how an actual functional human would act, like right. Um, but there's times where you have to force them to become more human on paper, so that it's more like, so it's so that it's more like, oh, this is an actual person versus this is three hella smart black kids. They stand out; they're outstanding above the rest. Right? They're, and they're, they're just
0: perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right
1: when that's not much of a story. That's just like you playing, like, Dungeons & Dragons, but the DM is like, you're a god now, and you've reached unbelievable, exactly. and nobody rolls or anything? 20 like, decapitations in a row, like, yeah. What'd you roll? One? Oh, okay, so you killed him. Like, it's shit like that, where it's like, there's no, there's no conflict, <laughs> no there's no, yeah, yeah, there's nothing to really learn from, yeah. um, but... Good point, yeah.
0: Let's I mean, it, it's, it's, and, and that's the thing, is, like, it's just fun to see people excel in this um movie you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like like the the spectacle of this movie is just seeing like some people get the fucking juice with their brain and just yep. going wild yep. just be like <laughs> well, them, them <laughs> you know? arguing about
1: how Shit. uh how gandhi's philo- uh, philosophy on um retaliating with peaceful and organized protests they should they're like they're like Why would you start with the most obvious argument? You got to start with the thing that makes the least sense, but is the most convincing. And then Farmer Jr. and Samantha are like, no, you have to start with the strongest point of the argument or else. And like, it's just that little, those little scenes. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, hell yeah. That's the shit that I fuck with. Cause you really do. You never really think about when you're arguing with someone, how am I going to structure this argument to be the most compelling in its form? But like, once you gain that ability, I feel like yeah. you can dominate anybody it, it, because it, it, you can frame anything in yeah, any way. It,
0: anything takes practice, right? Yeah, exactly. Like absolutely. like they're just practicing how to how to structure an argument well mm-hmm. so that they're when they're on stage and they have to just kind of fucking go for it because they they got thrown a, a you know like a curveball. You know, they're ready for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then exactly. If you know how to do that, then you can do it in real life too.
1: Right, which is a super critical thinking is like a really valuable and underrated ability, I would say. Um Another thing that I... Not do- enough critical thinking. Yeah, no, yeah for sure. Not. It's not a... Definitely not. There's
0: no there's no form of, you know, no place for ideas, I feel like, you know, to just... Like, like the internet's supposed to it's be supposed that. It's supposed to be that, but now but it's an
1: echo chamber of opinions. Exactly,
0: and the way algorithms, like, control so much of the narrative, mm-hmm. and, you know.
1: You're right. Um, and another thing that I did notice with this film... Sorry, I have to keep opening my notes. No, 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 you're good. Um... It touched on a black revolution in Harlem, actually, mm-hmm. in the very beginning of the film. Uh, Mr. Tolson talks about a revolution occurring yep. in the North. Yep. Now, I, d- I want to, like, kind of place this contextually for everyone watching this. You have this occurring in what? This is the 30s, 40s,
0: I think? It's uh, right before uh, World War Two. I think it's 1939 is where it starts. Yeah, Okay. okay. Um, yeah.
1: So... This is kind of what I was speaking on earlier. We have this intellectual renaissance that that goes through World War II, leads through World War II. We have multiple men, uh, colored men, serving and earning medals of honor, so on and so forth. Then once we start getting into the eras of uh, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, even getting into, like, American gangster, yeah, that's when we ha- have the degradation and the fall from grace that the black community experienced in the, Early eras. Although we were, it was mired by our fight for civil rights. Right. Which is why it's not like a very well-known scenario. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like there's a, we had it, we had our comeuppance, but then ultimately uh, we're stopped by the degradation of the community, which was right. via the, the war on drugs, which uh, I just think it's super ironic that we traded one slavery for another. That's kind of what I was yeah, trying well, to get at. And I don't think nobody did that by choice. Like, don't. No, don't but,
0: but it's also like, you know, historically, there's been so many moments where, like, the government displaced, you know, black communities. Like, when you had the bombing of Black Wall Street, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, it was because black people had organized, started making money, and started figuring out how to, like, work within their own rights. And right. they said, we have to disrupt this community, mm-hmm. you know, and post civil rights, you know, same thing. They shot Martin Luther King Jr. You know, yeah. like that was a calculated choice because they said, if this guy get gets too much power, it's not yeah. just the black people that are on his side. It's 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 like the working class uh, in general, mm-hmm. and they're like, there's going to be an entire revolution, you know. Let alone like like you know they were scared of that, so they they had to stop that, you know. Right. And and yeah. then they also said okay, like, and how do we keep this from happening again? Mm-hmm. You know, H- how do we further uh, divide everyone, you know, in order to, yeah, like, like, like continue to control them. Right.
1: Right. And I suppose that is a good point to bring up because that happened uh, even in the great debaters when, Tolstoy was meeting with the sharecroppers, whether they're white or colored. It, and dude, everyone was just trying to form it's a union. The same fucking
0: line that you can use in every year. Mm-hmm. It's 1939. It's not 1913 anymore. Like they're not. They're not going to come in here and shoot us. And then they barge down. They they knocked the door yep, down. Exactly. Like and us here, were like, oh, it's 1939. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. But like you can say that about 2023. It's 2023 like they're not going to, you know, do some shit like this and it's like same thing. Well, what, you know, what happened with peaceful protests on on the streets, you know, mm-hmm. like what wasn't there, you know, what what didn't the police aggravate and heighten, you know, a lot of these situations Tensions and yeah. um which is it's, it's in it's, order to like, you know, like there were moments of actual rioting. I mean, it, you know, it's not it's a spectrum of things, but like there's definitely a narrative that they were like, okay, like we 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 need to discredit everyone pro- you know, protesting, mm-hmm. right? Like it was the way it seemed like they were trying to go.
1: Yeah, you know? I, I just feel like uh, <clears throat> I feel like there's many wounds in America that have just been covered with more layers of societal like rules, right? And it's all rules that everyone so seemingly abides by, but the truth is is that uh, those wounds still exist, and those rules are only. Those rules only apply to some people. Yeah,
0: it's it's the dam with a lot of cracks, and then it's got a bunch of bandages exactly. slapped on it yep, with, exactly. with different acts and, you know, like, like legislative, like, yeah, things. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's not going to hold the whole thing back forever. Yep, exactly. The dam's cracking. But yeah.
1: Yeah, it's true. It is very, very true. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's pretty much the film. I mean, we have the final debate, like, at Harvard. Which um, is,
1: yeah. Which, I guess there's a, a some sort of uh, strange re- resolution there where uh, Junior uses his experiences as the basis for his debate. Argument, right. So it's an emotional experience uh, that becomes log- logistified by his... I mean, And
0: that and that's the beauty of it. It's it's the it's the fusel of left brain and right brain, right? Mm. Like use the emotion and use the logic. Right. Um it's something I've always loved, is like the I think they it's like the genius theory or something like that, but the idea is like people like Albert Einstein and uh, Da Vinci um, were so good at, you know. Creating new things as well as backing it up with science, mm-hmm. because they were able to switch from left brain to right brain quicker than other people could. Right, because it's not all about one side or the other. Yeah, it's it's about, about a
1: good. It's about a good. It's about uh, having fundamental both. Yeah,
0: and having like as much of your brain working at the thing as mm-hmm. as you can. You know, right. The limitless thing. If I could take the limitless drug, bro. Well, it's just like. <laughs>
1: Literally. If only, like the if, if only, if only I. I get the bill. If only I could still get my 25 milligram XR Adderalls, right? <laughs> Fucking right. Yeah, not now, move. Yeah, definitely not. Don't do drugs, guys. But, um, yeah, no. It's
0: <laughs> like Limitless. They should just remake it and just make it an Adderall. I, just make <laughs> it a Concerta
1: <laughs> commercial or some shit. Yeah. Concerta. Bradley Cooper was a piece of shit before. Now he's doing. Re- he's the president of America insert XR, brought to you nearby, pharmaceutical companies. Anyways. Um, what would yeah. you do with 80% of your brain? 80? Only if you, 80? If you,
0: if you could use 80% of your brain instead of the 10%. Limitless style, you know. Mm. That's the premise of the movies. The 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 pill activates more of your brain. Yeah, you could access more. It's of not that it you're wants. smarter. It's just that like well,
1: everyone
0: everyone could be smarter, but they're not. You know. Yeah,
1: it's like the cores on a, a CPU. There's 64 cores. Yeah, dude, it's about
0: overclocking your rig. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah, overclocking your brain piece, bro. <laughs> Getting fucking juiced in the brain, homie. I'm a juicer, but for my brain.
0: We're big
1: juicers in this house. Dude. Okay. That was that was another tangent. But um
0: kick this debaters in the ass, you know,
1: man. I I don't need
0: words. I can just fucking I got these I got these guys.
1: No, that's what Tolson said. He said it's a uh, debating is a blood sport and the arena is just our minds. He did though, bro. He did say that. He did um I guess I have one one last quote from the movie. Uh And Book said it. Uh, He said, I never saw a wild thing feel bad for itself, D.H. Lawrence. Yes. And that kind of like as simple, as simplistic as it is, there's beauty in that simplicity because he's referencing the fact that uh, lesser creatures aren't ashamed of like their actions. They're not ashamed of their failures, and they continue to live in the present. When it was
0: brought up uh, in the classroom, the prompt was self-pity.
1: Um.
0: And, and yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It's uh, a, it's just, it's another one of those, you know, if you can't think about these things and sit and ponder, you have just such a different existence. Yeah. A thousand percent.
1: I mean, Um, that's, that's why, um, like, (laughs) self-awareness is awesome and great in it all, but that's why a lot of people choose to be NPCs in ignorance because the rawness and the realness, uh, and tribulations that we have to go through lead us to have these highly negative self, uh, highly negative like thought cycles and thought loops because we're so self-aware of everything we do, what we do, what we're wearing, what we watch. But if I mean, if people were more like Koda, they'd be chill. Oh yeah, she don't think about too much. Chillin all day, just her big pop, man. It's the simplicity of animals. Diogenes loved dogs. Greek philosopher. He wanted to be a dog, in fact, oh, because really? he, he said they were the most free animals on the planet. Dude, I'm sure. So Diogenes would go into, like, uh, Socratic discussions and, like, go in the back and, like, make hella dumb fart jokes and, like, fart. <laughs> and, like, like He was, like, it he woke, just took it and he said, uh, he, he said, beast. bruh, I'm in the moment. <laughs> and just said, fuck it, right? That's unreal. It is, but, hey, dogs do be really free. And that that applies to what dh lawrence is saying is freedom comes from not punishing yourself so much
0: well said my man i don't think i can land the ship any better
1: than that dude i had that plane i took it around the airfield did another fucking donut and then landed it perfectly (laughs) i was off the fucking that's good podcasting if i do say so myself
0: Jesus Christ. Jay, um, where can everybody find you?
1: Everyone can find me on YouTube at The Loft and Nico Mac on YouTube. Uh, you know, if you're into gaming, again, yeah. or really anything in general, I'll be dropping a lot of dimes this month and early March. So expect a couple videos out. And uh, make sure you like and subscribe to Span.
2: Yeah,
0: links in the description yep, for here. everything there. Thanks and for joining me, Jalen you. Lee. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been Lewis Hillegas the fourth. This has been Cinemaspan. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Inst- uh what what, Letterbox, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, everything, dude.
0: Um, you can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to the podcast on Music, any, al- yeah, everything. Nice. It's uh, all the big go. ones, even Podcatcher or whatever the fuck you want to use. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us guys and uh yeah you you uh, keep listening.
2: Yeah,
1: thank you guys. See you again. Peace.
2: Yay. Yeah. Yeah.